The Joe Mays and J-Rock Show is brought to you in part by Mays Sandwich Shop, serving delicious hometown favorites to the West Lawn community since 1947. are listening to the Joe Mays and J-Rock Show, bringing you the latest news and commentary on baseball. The 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss, struck him out! The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball! Hockey. The Big Ten Championship lies on a measurement. Did he get it? No! He didn't get it! Penn State home! They brought back the fun, they brought back the excitement, and now they brought back a Big Ten Championship. The Penn State Nittany Lions are Big Ten Champions. NFL. He's in! Patriots win the Super Bowl! Brady has his fifth! What a comeback! Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Rappa. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the 237th episode of the Joe Mays and J-Rap Show. I am Joe Mays, flying solo this evening, or this afternoon, I should say, because Justin Raffoff is unavailable today. And like we mentioned last week, this is actually the first of three weeks where we're not together. But the next two weeks, there will be no show. So you're going to get a little bit of a reprieve from us. But fear not, we've got plenty of football to talk about this afternoon. And when we return in just a few weeks, we will continue our NFL preview with a look at the AFC South. However, tonight we are doing, or I am doing, the NFC South. As uh, continuing the NFL preview, I know it's still, it feels a little bit weird because it's only the end of June, but we're already on the third division of the NFL season, but it's the way we have to do it. We want to do one per episode. There's eight to do. We got vacations and things in between, so it's time to get started, and uh, we're already closing in on the halfway point. But again, we've got a couple weeks off coming up here due to um, vacation and other events. And, you know, su- summer's kind of a laid-back time. We like to take some breaks because we're our full force once the end of August rolls around with our middle school football season starting up, the high school varsity football season going on, where Justin and I do the Bulldog Hour. And we try to qu- squeeze in weekly or bi-weekly of this show just to talk about the NFL season. And none of that will wrap up until February with the Super Bowl. So uh, it comes quick and heavy from basically June through February. So we tried to relax a little bit over the summer. But NFL preview, that's where we're at. That's what we're going to do. And that's what we're focusing on. Again, today, Sunday, June 25th, is a look at the NFC South. Now, if you want to contact the show, you want to go over what we've talked about already, which is the 
NFC and AFC West divisions, the previous two episodes, or you want to interact with me today as I go over the NFC South, you're more than welcome to do so. And here's some of that contact information for you. Again, you can email us at jomazeandjrath at gmail.com. You can also call the Maze Sandwich Shop hotline at 530-563-6297. Again, 530-563-6297. You can also find the Joe Mays and JRAF show on Facebook and on Twitter. The easiest way to contact us is always through email. If you have my personal cell phone number, you can also send me a text. But we love interaction. We got a good amount a couple weeks ago, not as much last week when we did the AFC West, but good interaction when doing the NFC West two weeks ago. Today, NFC South with just me, although I did get an email from Justin with his NFC South picks. I'm not going to go over those now. I haven't even opened it yet because I don't I don't want to spoil what I am thinking for these teams. So we're going to save his until the end and we'll compare it with mine. So NFC South, uh, interesting division over the years for sure. We, we, this way it's formulated now started in 2002, uh, completely new division here. And it was interesting because for a while, the team that finished last in the division the previous season won the division the next year. There hasn't been any real dominant team until we got the Carolina Panthers, who won the division three years in a row in the 13, 14, and 15 NFL seasons. The 2015 version, of course, was the best team in the regular season. They went on to play in the Super Bowl uh Super Bowl 50 losing to uh, Peyton Manning's Broncos 24 to 10 and that was really the lone game that they felt exposed. Sure they lost one during the regular season to the Atlanta Falcons who won the division last year and represented the NFC in the Super Bowl again. But it seemed that Denver's defense really unleashed a flurry of pressure on Cam Newton and the Panthers offense that they couldn't overcome and the Panthers never really got on track last year in 2016 the Falcons took advantage of that with a dynamic offense uh, going 11 and 5 winning the division and then defeating the Seahawks and Packers before falling to the Patriots in overtime the first ever Super Bowl to go into overtime and everyone will always remember that in the early fourth quarter the Falcons were leading the Patriots 28 to 3 before New England scored 31 unanswered points, the last six of which were in overtime, to give the Patriots their fifth Super Bowl championship, as it says in our introduction. So, what's going to happen this year? Well, it's 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 tough to say. Like the NFC, like I've said about the NFC South, there's been a lot of it's could be consistently inconsistent. The the champion there's no, had never been back-to-back champions until the Panthers won three in a row do I think the Falcons are going to do it this year well we don't start at the top so if I think the Falcons are going to do it we're going to save it for the end um the team hasn't produced two playoff teams since 2013 when the Saints also made the playoffs with the Panthers Will that change this year? I actually think it is a, a good possibility that it does. I think the NFC South 
while I don't know if it'll be overwhelming with talent, such as the Falcons were last year, I think there's a good chance that there's two teams good enough to make the playoffs from the NFC. I, I don't know if there's a huge weakness in the division, but if it would be, I honestly think it would probably be the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Saints have been having a tough time of late since that 11-5 and mark in 2013 where they finished second in the division behind the Panthers. Uh, they have struggled. They've been on a downward trend. Well, actually, they went down from their 11 wins in 2013 to 7-9 and and 14, and that's where they've been the last two years, 15 and 16, 7-9, and third place. But unfortunately for them, I think the teams behind them have gotten better or had a bit of bad luck last year in the terms of Carolina. We saw Tampa Bay improve last year, uh, three wins more in 2016 than in 2015 and seven wins more last year than in 2014 when they, the Bucks were two and 14. I think the Bucks are trending up as well. They finished second behind the Falcons last year. I'm, I'm not sure there's anything to say that they can't do that this year. Or could they even win the division this year? But we're not talking about them right now. Let's talk about the Saints. So the Saints, like I said, 7-9 and nine last year, didn't make the playoffs or anything like that. They have Drew Brees, which when you have Drew Brees, there's a good chance that you have the best quarterback in the division. Debatable, obviously, with the rising Jameis Winston, the uh, with Matt Ryan in Atlanta, who just took the team to the Super Bowl, plus Cam Newton in Carolina. Honestly, depending on the day of the week, you could say any of those quarterbacks is the best in the division. Unfortunately for the Saints, Breeze is nearing the end of his career. Matt Ryan's is more in the middle point, maybe just past the halfway point, and uh, Cam Newton's on the right side of the halfway point, and Jameis Winston's just starting. So of the four, Drew Breeze, definitely the seasoned veteran. He's had some amazing years. He's a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion. But what else do they have? Is Adrian Peterson the answer at running back? Will they rely on a rotation there? How have they improved their offensive line? Is that going to come together? They have some parts there with... uh, Uh, with Max Unger, who they got in the trade a couple years ago, but they've lost some guys here in 2017 throughout, and I just don't know if they have what it takes to battle some improving teams or some strong teams in the NFC South. Now, they brought in some some big names. I mentioned Peterson already. They signed Monte Teo from the Chargers. They brought in uh, Chase Daniel, a backup quarterback, uh, it, he, which he was in New Orleans before. They added Nick Fairley along the defensive line. Of course, he's having some uh, heart issues. They're wondering if he's going to be able to play this year. Ted Ginn, journeyman wide receiver. He adds an element uh, in the return game. Uh, Larry Warford was a good sign at guard to shore up the offensive line. Not a lot of losses, at least significant losses. Some guys that, you know, the the past the, the, their peak is behind them, such as Jarius Bird, Paul Kruger, uh, Jari Evans, and Roman Harper, all older guys. Um, I do like the pick of Marshawn Lattimore, the cornerback out of Ohio State, in the first round. Uh, he should help shore up the Saints' defense and especially their secondary, which has been 
their biggest problem, you know, since they won the Super Bowl, what, eight years ago now, their biggest issue has been defense. The only reason they were able to win the Super Bowl in uh, 2009 was because they had a defense that forced turnovers. Since then, they haven't gotten that, and they've been exposed. I mean, we all know the issues they have with Rob Ryan as defensive coordinator. They were terrible and have been terrible, haven't gotten much better. Uh, so Marshawn Latterbore, the cornerback, he should help. I know there's talk about Ryan Ramchek uh, from Wisconsin as starting at, at offense tackle, maybe even left tackle as a rookie. Another uh, key part of the draft class, third-round linebacker Alec Anzalone. And you've probably heard us mention him before because, well, he went to Y-Missing High School in Pennsylvania, and uh, he was drafted in the third round. He just recently signed his four-year contract millionaire immediately. He has a chance to perform, I would assume, on special teams to start. Not sure if he can work into the starting lineup right away or not. But so Drew Brees, Chase Daniel, Daniel, Ryan Nassib, Garrett Grayson, those are the four guys battling it out to to play quarterback. Obviously, we know unless Brees gets injured, he's the guy. But running back, Peterson and Ingram here to stay. Wide receivers, we know that they unloaded Brandon Cooks. Unfortunately, to the Patriots, they have a an interesting mix of guys, though none of them stand out. We talked about Ted Ginn being added. They still have Willie Sneed, and they drafted Michael Thomas a few years ago. Someone's going to have to step up. Will Ginn be able to do it on the wrong side of 30? Will Sneed and Thomas be able to stretch the field like they did when they had Brandon Cooks? Uh, time will tell. They brought in Kobe Fleener a few years ago to play tight end. Uh, he had a down year last year. He'll need the rebound if the Saints are going to do anything. Offensive line is where they've struggled. They brought in a whole bunch of guys over the last few years, but no one's really stood out. I talk about Ramchek possibly starting at tackle as a rookie. You know, they've got um, Max Unger, who I mentioned earlier. They brought in Larry Warford. They have Andres Pete, uh, oh, Khalif Barnes, and Taron Armstead. They just haven't been able to find the right mixture along the offensive line. If they do so, their offense should be able to put up points because with Drew Brees slinging it, someone will step up at wide receiver. Um, someone outside of Ginn, Snead, or Thomas, uh, and and Fleener. Defensively is where they have to get it done, and I just don't know that, that they can. We talked about the issues in health with Nick Fairley. Uh, Cameron Jordan's a stud. They brought in Tony McDaniel to shore up the defensive tackle position um, with Sheldon Rankins, but... Someone's got to step up at linebacker. They have a bunch of guys that you'd hope could do it. They brought in Teo and drafted Anzalone. They've had Ellerby for a while. Stephon Anthony hasn't done much since he's entered the league as a heralded rookie from Clemson. And their defensive backs, they knew they had a deficiency in the defensive secondary, and that is why they brought in Marshawn Lattimore. They're going to have to find someone else to play opposite him. Is it going to be P.J. Williams? I, I, I don't know. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro just said recently that he hasn't had the career he wanted to. He needs to step up and be a leader in that secondary and for that defense if the Saints are going to be able to do anything uh, at all in a very, very tough NFC South. 7-9 and nine last year. I just, I know the Adrian Peterson signing, you know, people will make a big deal out of, but they're big guys that they signed and brought in, at least the ones that are going to flash Ginn and Peterson on offense, they're both 32. How much more do they have? Especially Peterson, a running back who's battled injuries over the last few seasons. Maybe having him in a rotation with uh, Cadet and Ingram will help. 
I don't know. We'll see. I mean, there's a reason that the Chargers didn't resign Monte Teo. Is he going to be the answer at linebacker? Who knows? I would love to see Anzalone get a chance there, but it probably means that the guys in front of him aren't doing very well. 7-9 and nine for three years. Drew Brees on the backside of his career. I think they're at best another a 7-9 and nine team again. I actually am going to pl- have them at 6-10. and 10. I think they take even a step farther back. So I'm going to say the Saints are your fourth place team in the NFC South for 2017. Now, this is where it gets really tricky for me because there are three teams that I think legitimately have a chance to win the NFC South in the Buccaneers, Panthers, and Falcons. What am I going to do? Where are we going to go here? Just last week, I failed to pull the trigger on the Raiders winning the AFC West, and even though they didn't win it last year, the Chiefs wanted who I picked. A lot of people are all over the Raiders to be the best team in the AFC West, and let alone maybe be a top two team in the AFC, because obviously the Patriots are going to be there, and that's what everyone's going to uh, focus on and talk about. So, where are the Bucks, Panthers, and Falcons going to land? Oh boy, it's tough to say. It'd be interesting to see what what Justin picked because I have the Saints at six and ten and in last place. I think I'm gonna go with the Panthers in third place here. They were six and ten last year after being fifteen and one two years ago. The wheels really fell off last year. I don't think they're a six and ten team. I think they're better than that. They had some close games. You know, we lost. We know that they lost the opener to the Broncos by one. They lost to the Bucks by a field goal, as well as the Chiefs and the Raiders. Um, they lost to the Bucks again by a point at the end of the season. So both their games with Tampa Bay were close. They didn't exactly hang with the Falcons, losing by fifteen and seventeen. Uh, but there were, you know, a handful of close games that I think could swing in their favor. However, you know, a three, four game swing is from six and ten to nine and seven or ten and six. I don't think that's going to be enough to win the NFC South this year. So I'm going to have the Panthers in third. I'll say nine and seven. I think they have a little bit of a rebound, but not enough to make the playoffs. I think nine and seven is reasonable for them. They had a chance to go eight and eight last year. Uh, finished with a four-game losing streak, but they couldn't take down the Falcons on, on Christmas Eve and then New Year's Day. They lost to the Bucks by a t- or by a point, but I think they uh, they rebound. I think they have a better 2017 season, but I think they're the third third best team. Um, they brought over Ryan Khalil's brother and Matt Khalil to, to shore up their offensive line. Uh, they brought back Cap- Captain Munnerlin, who made his name and and earned him his check with the Vikings by playing for the Panthers. Um, they brought back Julius Peppers too, you know, a guy who uh, went to Chicago and then Green Bay had some success in Green Bay. Now he's ending up back in Carolina where he belongs, honestly. But, you know, they, they, they brought in Christian McCaffrey in the draft first round, uh, eighth overall out of Stanford. He's an interesting addition. I don't know if he's exactly what they needed. Uh, what I mean, they ended up getting that guy maybe next in Curtis Samuel, who's kind of just a slightly different version of McCaffrey, who's more of a, a running back receiver. 
um, hybrid. Samuel's more of a receiver than possibly a, a, a running back next. So they got two guys that maybe fill a spot that they're missing when uh, they got rid of Ted Ginn. Uh, there, there was a lot of issues about Ginn leaving Carolina that they thought they were lacking with him gone. So McCaffrey and Samuel are going to come in and try to fix that. They, you know, the, when you have Cam Newton quarterback, if he plays the way he did two years ago, he's a top five player. Last year, he didn't get as much. It, it wasn't, uh, it, it just wasn't his year. He ha- he had some issues. Running back, we know that they uh, lost uh, Williams, but they still have Jonathan Stewart. And like I mentioned, they added Christian uh, McCaffrey, Fozzie Whitaker has done a good job as well there. So they have a nice stable of running backs, both a, a, a pound the rock guy in Stewart and then a guy to change it up with McCaffrey. If their receivers can live up to the hype that they had coming in, in Devin Funches and Kelvin Benjamin, both huge targets, they have a chance. And if they use Curtis Samuel properly, then they'll have another guy that can stretch the field and open things up. Uh, they, they still have a good tight end duo in Greg Olson and Ed Dixon, who was massively underutilized when he was in Baltimore. Olson's a little disgruntled about his contract, but when he's on, he's a, a one of the best tight ends in the league. Like a lot of the teams we've mentioned, though, offensive line or, or line in general is where the games are going to be won or lost. Who knows if Carolina's done enough to shore up their offensive line. You know, with both Khalil's there now, uh, Trey Turner, uh, and and the rest, uh, they've been having some drama with Michael Ower, who's obviously what his life was focused in the Blindside movie. He's had a tough time in the NFL. Um, I think he won a Super Bowl though with Baltimore before going to Tennessee and ending up in Carolina. Though he's had a concussion and some issues with the front office there. Defensively. Just like the Saints, that's where I think Carolina has a bit of an issue. With Davis and uh, Keekley in, in uh, the middle, or excuse me, at linebacker with Shaq Thompson, they've got athleticism there. But defensively, again, just like the Saints, in the secondary, Adams and Coleman, you know, you got the journeyman and Adams that they brought in from the Colts. Coleman has been a, a guy that was lambasted when he was in Philadelphia. He's kind of been a lightning rod player. And cornerback, Daryl Worley, I, I I guess they brought in Captain Munderland, like I mentioned. I don't know. I, their, their secondary just doesn't stand out to me. And if they don't get much of a pass rush, you know, Charles Johnson is on the other side. They brought in Julius Peppers, and they have a beast in Kawan Short and Star Latule. They have to play like they did in 2015, not like they did in 2016. And what they lost has to be offset by what they gained. And I just I just don't see them being able to hang with the other two teams in the division in the Falcons and the Buccaneers. So while I think Carolina will have more success in 2017, I don't think it'll be enough to overcome the better talent that resides in Tampa Bay and Atlanta. So Carolina's had a couple, a, a nice run here. I think they get a little bit better this year, but I still think they finish third in front of the Saints at six and ten. Uh, but the Panthers, to me, destined for third place at nine and seven. All right, now where are we going to go here? 
I think I'm going to surprise a few people. I'm going to pick the Falcons in second. I think they had a great year last year, 11-5. and five. I think they were exposed a little bit in the Super Bowl, showing that they had still had some issues on offense. And then clearly on defense, the Patriots figured out what to do. And they took advantage of it. So I think the Falcons are going to have a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. I think uh, they're going to be neck and neck with the Panthers. I'll give them a slight edge. I'll have Atlanta at 10-6 and six and a wild card contender until we go through all the divisions. I can't say for certain if I think Atlanta mentions, or excuse me, Atlanta makes the playoffs. The Falcons are definitely in contention for a wild card spot in the NFC. But I'll have them slightly worse than a year ago, 10-6. and six. They'll be playing a first-place schedule, so it'll be a, a little bit more difficult than last year. Now, last year they opened the season with a loss to Tampa Bay before reeling off four straight and six out of eight. Uh, a couple interesting losses, though. Um, the Chargers won after losing to Seattle is kind of a head-scratcher because it was in Atlanta. Uh, losing to the Eagles in Philadelphia as well. I think Atlanta was by far a much better team than the Eagles last year. Um, Lost to the Chiefs in early December, not a huge deal because Kansas City was very good. Uh, but again, another close, close one that they could have won. They they could have been even better than they were last year. No, they did. They only lost one game by more than a touchdown. And that was coincidentally to the Eagles on November thirteenth. Uh, but they lost the season opener to the Bucks by a touchdown. They lost to the Seahawks in Seattle by two points, which really should have been an Atlanta win. Justin and I have covered that a couple times. Then they lost at home to the Chargers in overtime by a field goal and the Chiefs by a point at home. So, you know, 11 and 5 could have easily been 13 and 3. Um, but, you know, they also had some close wins. They won by a touchdown against the Raiders, the Saints, and the Broncos. Three out of four games right there. They beat the Packers by one point. Um, the end of the season saw a bit of a bigger. Uh, margin of victory and then their road through the playoffs saw them putting up a lot of points a very very good offensive team last year in Atlanta I, I think they'll be able to duplicate some of that success I just don't think they'll be able to do it as much in 2017 as they did in 2016 offseason wise and who they bring in uh, Don Terry Poe is probably the biggest name coming over from the Chiefs in a prove-it deal one-year contract uh, to shore up the rush defense uh, in the draft. Nothing that stands out a whole lot for me. They... Hey, what's up? I want you. Okay, well, I'm in the middle of a live show right now. Okay, sorry, party crasher here. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that the Falcons did a whole lot to. They didn't have a lot of deficiencies, but I also think a lot of people maybe overachieved last year. I think what we got last year from Matt Ryan was a lot of people expected to be getting from Matt Ryan, but I don't know that he can live up to that. I don't know if they can duplicate that. You know, Julio Jones is amazing, but can he have the season like he did again? Uh, Taylor Gabriel, same thing. He was a nobody in Cleveland, comes to the Falcons, is someone. Is that because of Matt Ryan? Is that because of Kyle Shanahan, who's no longer there? 
you know, they also have Andre Roberts, who was signed as a free agent, and Mohamed Sanu, who came in a, uh, two years ago. So they have a nice group of four at receiver in um, Jones, Sanu, Gabriel, and, and Roberts. But I don't know if they can duplicate the success, success from a year ago. They have an interesting dilemma with Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Freeman's their number one guy, and Coleman is the home run hitter. Uh, I just... Again, I don't I don't know if Devontae Freeman can do that again. They probably need him to do that again if they're going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl once more. Um, offensive linemen, again, another question mark. They have some guys, and Jake Matthews is supposed to be a leader there. Um, they brought in Andy Levitre a couple years ago, and Alex Mack at center was the big guy coming over from Cleveland. Um, but they're, they're decent enough there to, to still be very, very good. It's it's defensively again where I just I just question if they're going to be able to uh, produce like they did a year ago. Uh, they have some parts I really like Desmond Trufant and uh, Robert Alford at cornerback, but I think as a group they're probably better. They're definitely better than the Saints. I think they're at least on par and even possibly slightly better than the Panthers. And I give uh, a lot of credit to some unnamed or well, not very well-known linebackers there. Um, though Vic Beasley is becoming a household name because he's been quite, quite strong uh, in his couple of years in the league for the Falcons. So I think, uh, I think Atlanta will have a strong 2017 I think they're at 10 and 6 though. I think they're at 10 and 6. Which means I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning the division. Maybe a bit of a surprise, I don't know. They surprised a lot of teams last year again. They finished 9 and 7 in the second place. But I think they take a, a, a bigger step this year in the third year of Jameis Winston. I think they can get to at least 10 if not 11 wins. Uh they're under Dirk, Dirk Cotter uh in his second year and I think they have a, a strong, strong year. They, they, they had some struggles at time last year, a little bit of inconsistency, but that what happens with some young teams. What do you want? I need to go out. Okay, well, I'm in the middle of this. You gotta let me finish. Go play with your pony. So the Buccaneers. They had a really strong middle of the year. Their November um, record, um, well, they were undefeated for five weeks from November 13th to December 11th, um, beating the Chiefs and Seahawks, uh, one of which was in Kansas City. That's a very, very good win for them. And they beat the Panthers the last game of the year by a point. I mentioned that already. Uh, they played the Cowboys tough, only losing by six. They lost in overtime to the Raiders, a very good team a year ago. Uh, if they could have beat on beat some of the teams that were only average a year ago at the beginning of the year, like Arizona, Los Angeles, and Denver, they probably would have made the playoffs last year. So I think they do take a step forward in 2017. I think they're more consistent. I don't think they end up having three losing streaks during the year. They probably don't reach uh, multiple five-game winning streaks, but at 9-7, and seven, I think they easily can turn one or two of those losses into wins and go 11-5. and five in 2017 their offense should be stellar and should 
depending on the leaps that some of the young guys take, maybe get close to matching whatever the Falcons do this year. Not not last year. The Falcons' offense last year was insane. But, you know, bringing in Deshaun Jackson, sure, he's at 30 now. But with the young guys they had there, that was a great, great signing. Um, they also brought in Jaquiz Rogers uh, to take some to add some speed at running back. Because um, there's always been questions about Doug Martin. You know, if they can get a good rotation of Martin, Sims, and Jaquiz Rogers, uh, Jameis Winston stays healthy, healthy and continues to develop. Mike Evans. Deshaun Jackson and Chris Godwin, who is their, their uh, third-round pick from Penn State, that is a pretty lethal wide receiver trio right there. That is a very, very good group. Um, you know, And they added O.J. Howard on offense at tight end to go with Cameron Brait and Luke Stocker. They've got a good three-person rotation there with a blocking guy, a hybrid guy, and a receiver. Again, offensive line, that's, where, that's what it all comes down to. Are the guys that they have there? gonna improve or get you know at least play the way they did last year defensively though i think they're in for a little bit of a jump i, I like their young players uh, gerald mccoy is a beast he's a good one there noah spence is coming on he's a local guy from harrisburg uh he can wreak havoc in the backfield and their linebacker um, levante david and quan alexander i believe are underrated throughout the nfl and you know, it all comes down to uh, their defensive secondary and Hargreaves, who's now been there a few years. Um, he's got to get better. That That's really where, if they have a decent improvement in the secondary, that's where I think they make up a couple of their wins. Um, you know, they have a, a nice schedule. Three of their last four are at home against the Lions, Falcons, and Saints. The only one they have on the road is at Carolina on Christmas Eve. So if they uh, can start strong against some teams... Um, and the Dolphins, Bears, and Vikings, who are supposed to be average at best, um, they have a chance to do do something special in 2017. I think the Bucks could possibly win the NFC South in 2017. So let's take a look at what Justin says they're going to do. And, and by the way, the um, Buccaneers haven't won the division since 2007. So I'm calling them for something that hasn't happened in a decade. All right, so let's see what Justin has to say. Justin, let's start at the bottom. Justin has the Panthers in fourth. He doesn't know the what the identity of this team anymore is on offense. Are they a run-first team? Are they a pass-first team? And he has question marks about their defense, which I went over. I pegged them third. I pegged them third, the Panthers. Justin has them in fourth. He has them going seven and nine. Judging by the records here, he also agrees that it's a overall top to bottom strong group uh, in the Falcons, uh, Saints, Panthers, and Bucks. But he has Carolina in last without an offensive identity. Not that I disagree with that, but it's worked in the past because uh, Newton has that effect on teams. Third place, he has the Saints. So he flip flopped my third and fourth. For the Saints, he says one last hurrah for Breeze, but he just doesn't think the defense is good enough and has them at 7-9. and nine. Very close to what I said, where I had the Saints 6-10 and ten in fourth and the Panthers 7-9 and nine in, in third. We also flip-flop our first and second. He has the Bucks in second. He said this is their year to rise. He has them gaining a game in standing at 10-6, and six, 
but he doesn't think they can overcome the Falcons because he says the offense will continue to be a strength, and he has them at 11-5. So really, we're only one game difference, whereas I have the Panthers, or excuse me, I have the Saints only winning six games. He has them winning seven. And then he has Atlanta and Tampa flipped from what I said. I said Tampa Bay would be 11-5, and and Atlanta would be 10-6. and So a lot of good stuff there. Um, I'll need to wrap this up because of this little munchkin here. Um, is apparently getting bored without me. So, uh, what do you want to say? You want to say hi? Hi. This is my sports show. This isn't Nat Chats with Dad. I know that. Oh, you know that. Okay. All right. So, that is that. I think that'll probably wrap it up for me here. Uh, I appreciate everyone who has watched the show live or downloaded the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play. Uh, you can get more from me and Justin at jmnjrradio.com. Uh, also, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, subscribe to our feed on SoundCloud. Check us out all over the place. We love doing these NFC, or excuse me, the NFL previews, and it's our bread and butter content with the NFL. So definitely check us out whenever you can. Justin and I will be back in three weeks. Uh, together because we're going to be off July 2nd and July 9th and then we're going to get back together July 16th where we would do the AFC South and be at the halfway point in our 2017 NFL preview. So thanks for listening everyone. Have a good uh, start of the summer and an amazing 4th of July. Until next time, I'm Joe Mays. Thanks for listening to episode 237 of the Joe Mays and JRAF show. Thanks for listening to the Joe Mays and JRAF show. Tune in every Sunday for the latest sports discussions from Joe and Justin. Each episode is available live on Facebook Live and can be downloaded or streamed on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can interact with Joe and Justin on Facebook and Twitter and stay up to date with the guys at JoeMaysAndJRAF.com. The Joe Mays and JRAF show is part of the JMNJR radio network. For more info, visit jmnjrradio.com.